Hello, this is Editor Yoon from the future. Um, we had some technical issues and lost the second half of Callum's locally recorded audio for this episode, so we're just having to use the Discord backup. It's not the usual high quality we'd have, but it's better than nothing. So apologies, second half will sound a little bit worse than the first half, but it's still totally listable, and we hope you enjoy the episode. I meant to tell you, I did the, ba- I did the bad thing. I... Did a stupid tweet, well not a stupid tweet, it was a totally reasonable tweet, but I did a stupid tweet about uh, Bitcoin and got the hounds. There was a tweet, I think it's like a Vice report or something like that, where there was like, oh here's the latest thing that the Bitcoin fucks are doing, which is like, oh they believe that like seed oils, is that right? Seed- oh this thing, yeah, yeah yeah yeah, I've heard of this, yeah yeah yeah. So there was like something about seed oil, but I read the thing, I was like this is fucking dumb, but there was a line in that article that they quote they quoted from one of the people who were who were on board of it saying like it was some, i can't remember exactly what it was but something along the lines of like oh you know like we're we're crypto people so like if people tell us to do one thing we'll just do the other and i was and i just i i screenshotted that line as a as a quote tweet i was like yeah. i think this says a lot about a lot of the crypto community and a lot of the stuff we've been seeing recently end of tweet that was it as far as i could tell the lineage of this was i put my phone down I think I went to go make a cup of tea or something like that, came back, and I immediately had seven notifications. Fantastic. Uh, so it had been retweeted, not not commented, just retweeted by a crypto account. And then the comment pylon just started happening, and I got like 12 or 13 comments on this thing. And I was like, okay, everything stopped for a second, and I just went through every one of the 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 repliers i was like click on replier profile has crypto as second or third word in bio block next guy crypto or bio block all 13 of them it's really good when people give you like an easy signifier to know to block them yeah totally but you can just go through it and go okay i'm blocking all of these people and then i blocked the guy the person that the account that retweeted it and then i deleted the tweet and i was like as can't be fucked like can't, can't be i wasn't making some world shattering observation i was just throwing a dumb comment out there and it was just like it was so quick yeah yeah, yeah they're really fast it's... holy fuck there are and people these... there are there must be people with like alerts set up anytime anybody mentions like so crypto or the great or the great like thing that. is like so i don't use the official twitter app on my phone i use a different one and the notifications don't sync to the main notification thing. So I still have all the notifications for all of the tweets I blocked. My favourite one was this dude at Zero by Zero. Your profile picture looks exactly as I knew it would. I don't know how what? to take that. What is your profile picture? My profile picture is a picture of me from uh, New York, like in a jacket and a hat, standing in front of like a shipping oh, container. Oh, right. I was like, okay. Like, I don't I mean, know what to probably, do. It's from- I think it's probably the fact that you're on a colourful background and you've got a satchel, like a satchel on. But like, like they probably just went, what, yeah, what whatever. Is that, what does that signify? Like, I don't fucking know. They're <laughs> fucking NFT people. They're crazy. I don't know. <laughs> it was just like, it was one of those ones, like the rest of them were just like exactly what you'd expect. But that one stuck with me. I was like, what? What are you trying to say? It's the 
19th of April 2022 and this is the Game Engine Start podcast. My name is Ewan. My name is Callum. And we're going to start the episode, I think, with a, a view from the front lines of COVID. Callum, <laughs> how you... Don't fucking how, get COVID, man. Fucking... Sounds like annoyed. it sucks. Sounds like yeah. it really sucks. Fucking everybody, go get go get your vaccine. and like, Go get vaccinated. Go get vaccinated and wear your masks and clean your hands and stuff because fuck you don't you don't want COVID. COVID's not great. Yeah. Um, sounds like sounds like it was a bad fucking time. Well, it was like it's it's a double hit, right? Because I got it and for like and to be clear, days, like was, you're not you're not entirely sure like how or why. No, like there was zero, no like big event that was like I'm ah, okay, really, that makes sense. I'm really careful and like no idea how I got it. Like just it happened. Yeah, um, was really bad for like three days. Like. Probably like it felt like the worst like flu I've ever had. It was like joint pain and dizziness and all the all the symptoms all the that things, you could possibly yeah. have. Yeah. And then the days after it, I didn't feel too bad, but then I just slowly like progressively worked my way down the symptoms. So it was like right. I had like a runny nose and like a cough for a bit, and then I lost my sense of taste for a couple of days, and then oh, you did, you did, you got the taste loss thing. Like for like a day or two, like not very long. Weird. Was, What's yeah. that? What is that? Because that's the one that's that's the one that's intri- not intriguing me. It all sucks. But like, what is that like for a day where you can't? It's it it, it like it's not it's disorientating, but it's not yeah. like debilitating. It's just no, like no, no. you're you're you still need to eat and stuff. You just eat stuff and nothing's there. Like it just doesn't. Okay. It's either Weird. it doesn't taste of anything or it tastes bad. Like that's like I sat most of the day. Like just drinking like green tea, and like yeah. green tea just tasted like water. Like it wasn't sure. it didn't taste of anything. Like it was just that it's not that weird. It's just, okay. Yeah, but I came back after like a couple of days, and like I just slowly, progressively, just worked my way down the list of symptoms, and then felt fine. I just had this problem where uh, I I had like I was really short of breath and was like running out of breath a lot and still coughing a fair bit and. Mm was talking to people about it that had it before and it was like oh yeah like it took me a while to get my breath back and stuff like that but i had it for like a couple of weeks mm-hmm. and it didn't get any better so i phoned the doctor and the doctor was like oh yeah it's perfectly called it's perfectly normal for people to get infections after covid so mm-hmm. i just had some sort of lung infection and i was like oh great oh, so not only did covid not only did i get covid i got an infection because of covid um, yeah so that was great. That's why I've not done anything for like a good few weeks is because I just yeah. like physically we, could not do it. Yeah, it's why we haven't done this in a while. It's because you couldn't yeah. talk properly for long periods of time. Yeah, there was a so. period there was a period of time where like I, I just couldn't talk, my throat was so fucked. And then I yeah. I could talk, but I couldn't talk for long periods of time because I was yeah. running out of breath. So exactly. was, I'm still a bit like that, so it, but it's not as bad as it it's was. It's not as bad. Um, yeah. But yeah, don't well, get COVID, it, it's not fun. Not yeah, good. well, it's, it's made me really worried now, right? Because I've always assumed that, like, I've always thought it was wild that I've got this far and, as far as I know, have yeah, never had yeah. it. And I was like, okay, it's probably going to happen at some point. Like, it's kind of inevitable at this point. But there was that moment where it was like, huh, I wonder if... Because at this point, like, I've done, what, like, two gigs. I've done a big a, a journey to London. Like, I've done all the these, like, big things. I was like, I feel like I should have done it at that point. Yeah. Um... So I was like, oh, maybe I'm asymptomatic because, like, I don't get flus and stuff particularly hard. Like, it's like, it maybe knocks me for 24 hours and that's about it. Mm. But then I was like, okay, well, okay, if you got a real bad run of it, then maybe we're not as... Oh, no, no, if you, if, if you get it, you'll know. Like, it is... Yes, it seems really, like that. It's bad. Like, obviously, like, it scares me for people that don't have the vaccine because, like, mm. it, I 
no idea what it would be like for them, but like for yeah. me, that was like fully vaccinated and boosted and stuff like that. Yeah, it was still like it. It it wasn't. It was like a rough time. Yeah, it wasn't debilitating, but it wasn't fun, and it wasn't like it was. It was real hard for like a good few days, but like and like you I, don't you don't get sick particularly badly. Oh right? no, like, I, I I get sick. Like it's not. Oh, do you? Okay. Yeah, my immunity is not great. Like it. Okay, um, fair enough. If I if I get like a a cold or a flu, like I'm usually out for like a couple of days. Like it's oh, okay, fair enough. Especially if I get if I get a flu, it like somehow affects my like sinuses, so I just get like mm. floored for like a couple of days, like just completely yeah. horizontal. Um, yeah. I think it must be something to do with how shit the rest of my body is, but like it's, yeah, maybe yeah. like I, yeah, I think yes, I think I just, you you get the internal stuff, I get the external stuff. So yeah, probably. Like... <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, He's evenly split it genetically. Um. Yeah, yeah, don't good. get COVID. Go get vaccinated. Get, please yeah, go definitely. get vaccinated. As someone who's experienced it, please go get yeah. vaccinated because how bad I have it is going to be way worse for you if you're not yes, vaccinated. Exactly. Um, um, yeah. But yeah, glad, glad to have you back. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm glad that I'm human again. It was, it was, the, it was the, the, the COVID wasn't so, wasn't so bad mentally because like I knew I had it and I was like, okay, yeah, it's yeah. COVID, it'll go away in a few days. It was the, the breathing stuff afterwards. Was the other was stuff, like, yeah. I was like, "Fuck! What the fuck is happening?" It, like, I've, it seems I've, like I've it... been testing negative for like a week and a half, and I'm still doing this. Like, what's happening? Um, yeah, it seems fun. like that, it just... and the, that and the fact the doctor told me apparently I've been asthmatic since I was one that I didn't know. God, about, but, like, I can't believe you fucking. That was a wild story. That's you... insane for me. Yeah, that was crazy. Yeah, um, suddenly discovering you've. Yeah, well, like, you, it, you said it, you were diagnosed, or you said you yeah. Was, so like... Like, like when I went I, when I went to the doctor to talk about my breathing situation uh explained everything and she was like do you have covid and i was like no but i did like three weeks ago i'm still testing negative and stuff but i still have this problem and she yeah. like checked my file and stuff that she was like the sentence she said was oh yeah it's usually pretty common for people with asthma to get lung infections after covid <laughs> and my response was i'm not asthmatic and she was like it says on your records you were diagnosed with asthma in 1993 which would have been when i was one i was like so I've had this my whole life and nobody told me. Yeah. And, I, and, it's, and she was like, oh yeah, well, it's been in your file for ages. I'm surprised it's not a come wow. up. And I, was like, I mean, I'm surprised as well. So yeah. <laughs> That's wild. Yeah, so that was That's interesting. Um, yeah, like I had, I had a conversation with uh, Mother Dearest like a couple of days ago and she, she explained the whole thing and she was like, yeah, you had like a thing when you were one and the doctor said it was probably asthma so they put it down but like you've never had a problem in your life. And I was like, I mean, you're right, but I probably still should have known about it. Like, yeah, that feels like, like a but... thing you should have. Wow, yeah, and it's not, yeah. and it's never come up in any. No, like, never ever had a breathing. Sense, this so. is this is literally the first time I've ever had a breathing problem in my adult life, like ever. So bizarre, and it was because I had COVID. So it's not like an asthma thing. It was just I had COVID and it get, got me an infection. So it's not wild. Um, yeah, bizarre, absolutely bizarre. <sighs> but yeah. Yeah, so I've been dealing um, with a lot the past few weeks. That's been yeah, so, which is why we've been late. So we've got, got well, I mean, I have a little bit of of backed up stuff to talk about. I don't know about you, but um, did I had COVID? Do you think I could play video games like that? I don't know. Um, I, 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 I do a bit, but not. okay. Um, so yeah, a couple of things, just very quick. I finished Horizon fifty, almost exactly fifty hours in that game, mm. doing a good chunk of side stuff. Do it's not much really to say that hasn't already been said, but like that game's really good and they actually save some of the narrative stuff. Like I think one of the things I said last time was that the writing really kind of was a bit not great, but like the main story stuff really does pick up like from about a third of the way through that game. And it's actually 
they do some interesting stuff in there. I, I quite liked it. But man, people need to figure out how to end open world games like that because like they basically this is not a spoiler, but they basically throw like two pretty quick boss fights one after the other and that's how the game ends right and you're like that's not fun like Mm. it's not just like big combat scenarios like that they're just not interesting particularly um but yeah and they've left it they've left it in a position where they could go a bunch of places and they've set up some really interesting stuff for whatever the next expansion is going to be or the next game or or whatever excuse me um taylor's that um, there's something else which will come back to me I'm sure but uh, yeah. the two things probably uh, to talk about are I have played like 30 hours of Ghostwire Tokyo at this point oh, cool. um, okay. which is good question mark is it? I, yeah, I've, I've watched mm, that game play, played a lot and it does not look good so <laughs> here's the thing right there's a couple of things. So, f- d- base level stuff. This is the new game from Tango Gameworks, who are the Evil Within people. Uh, it is a... I'm going to tentatively say first-person shooter, and I'll come back to that in a second. Mm, but it's okay. tentatively a first-person shooter slash open-world adventure thing, kind of. Um, and you... Uh, game starts, you wake up in the middle of Shibuya... Um, where it looks like everyone has been raptured essentially by this giant fog and then this dude comes in with a with an oni mask um, preaching some shit about how he's going to save everyone and then all these creatures start appearing and uh, it's basically you and after that as that happens you are possessed by this person who at this point I'm still not entirely sure who exactly they are but they then give you these powers to to fend off these creatures and the kind of game goes from there where you have to the main character has to save their sister and it turns out there's a bunch of other reasons why the person who's possessing you also wants to help um yeah but it's 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 the very very base level like it's like one of these games right it's got a big giant open world map with a bunch of icons on it it's got a stealth system it's got all of the stuff you would expect for one of these type of games right i think and i think the thing that sets apart is that it's got such a great sense of style. Like, it really does have a great look it's, it's and a, it's a feel to it. It's a rendering of Tokyo, yeah. Well, no, yes, but also, like... So one of the things I really liked... Because I, I, I am an apologist for Evil Within 2. I think that game is really good and did not get enough recognition at the time about how good it was. Um, where that studio has a real sense of artistry with their visuals. So, like, the, the, the kind of the feel that they're going for here, because it's set like modern day, obviously, but like the feel they're going for here is like, is like techno ghost hunter, right? Yeah. It's yeah, like they're, they're, they're taking all of the, 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 um, the kind of more traditional aspects of like Japanese culture and, and all that kind of stuff and blending it in with like super high tech stuff. So like all the screens are like super cool UI screens, but also like there's a lot of traditionality to it as well. And they just merge those things really well, where like a lot of the creatures that you find, are like based on actual bits of Japanese mythology and bits I've never even heard of before, and all. like they do, a, they it just it looks and it looks great, right? Like the game looks really cool, and the like shooter aspect of it, the first person shooter aspect, where you've basically got like elemental powers, basically you've got like wind, fire, 
uh, well, I currently have wind, fire, earth, uh, wind, fire, air at the minute. Um, but they're just like, and it is literally like, yo, one's a rocket launcher, one's a shotgun, one's a machine gun. Like it's that kind of level of, of stuff. And one of the things that kept coming up when I was reading reviews about this was that the shooting, sh- shooting in inverted commas, yeah. uh, didn't feel great. And I agree. And I think that's fine. Because, like, so the, the the all the all the all the powers are done with like, um, with hand gestures, right? Like, imagine like, like Naruto times twenty, right? Yeah, it's that yeah, kind yeah. of like hand gesture stuff to 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 um, to some of the powers, and like, of course, it doesn't feel good because this dude is fucking like hand jiving constantly to get all this stuff out. Like, it feels thematically appropriate. Also, this guy is being puppeted by a somebody who's possessed them, right? Maybe it's not like thematically, it didn't feel fi- it felt yeah, fine. Um, okay, but like, I'm not saying that's an excuse. I like, feel, it's definitely. I was gonna say, I feel like you're trying to you're trying to justify. Oh, something. for sure. But the point that the other point, the thing I'm trying to get to here is that like every shooter now that I do on a console or with a controller, I end up having to yank the sensitivity way down because my console. Or my controller shooter upbringing was in Killzone, right? Which was a very slow, very deliberate thing. Right. Where every shooter now that is like Modern Warfare forward has like super high sensitivity on sticks. Where that game, to me, like most of those games of that type are unplayable on a controller. Mm-hmm. Unless you crank the sensitivity down. And even then, so you do become a bit more kind of slow and methodical and lumbering. But like, I don't mind, that doesn't, I'm fine with that. That is okay for me, um, because I'm used to. That's how I play those games anyway. Like, remember when we did um, when we played um, Destiny together, and I because I played that game with the controller, and like I just remember like I was doing stuff, and just hearing you groan in the back as you see me like slowly turn yeah, around cause, to cause do if something. You're, if you're on mouse and keyboard, and then you look at someone in uh, controller, if yeah. you're like like jerking around that like you can turn and like try to get people behind you and stuff and you can whip your mouse and stuff like that if you look at yeah. someone who's on a controller and they're just slowly panning it's so yeah. painful it's so it hard is. but for me like it was much more difficult to get more accurate consistent shots on a mouse and keyboard on a mouse and um, because the sensitivity is so high as opposed to on a controller where you could like use a stick to to follow people anyway it doesn't matter i, f- I thought that bit of it was fine the bit that's not great is like the kind of structure of bits of structure of the game are just not particularly interesting. So you've got like uh, so you, there's just a lot of different bits of it that just feel slow and kind of not quite thought through properly. So okay, so the the XP system in this game is essentially like there are bundles of souls that have been left that have not that have not been like basically consumed by the creatures right so there's these balls of souls that are kind of fly uh, kind of hovering around the place and you use um paper dolls to go up and like you hold the paper doll up in front of it and it absorbs the souls into paper dolls and then you go to all of the phone booths in the world are actually secret soul depositing points. Don't worry about it. It's fine. Okay. But the so the thing pops open and you put the paper doll on it and absorbs the souls in it. And you get them. And that's basically your XP, right? And that's how you level up and go through go through right. um, the thing. That whole process 
is so long. So like the actual animation, the actual it. animation. So you have to hold. So you you go up, you hover over one of the, the floating souls, and you hold up a paper doll, and it's like three four seconds to absorb into a thing. Um, luckily, if you've got a, like three or four of them around you and you hold it down, it will do all of them at once. But it's okay, still like good. three or four seconds. Yeah. And then once you get to the phone booth, it is. It's the bit of it's the bit of um, like kind of Japanese design ethos that I've never quite gelled with, but seems to be relatively consistent, especially in like Nintendo stuff, where like I have walked up to a phone booth, I have hit use phone booth to deposit souls, animation plays a phone booth opening up, and then it pops this message going, "Do you want to give these souls into the phone booth?" I'm like, I wouldn't have hit the button if I didn't. If you didn't so want that's to do a, that, yeah, exactly. So that's another extra bit of animation, and then it's like. You put the paper dolls on the thing. Is it zooms in? It sucks all the souls out. Thing pops up, and then it pops up that you got this many, this much XP, and deposit this amount of souls. And then sometimes you get a phone call after it. But like that whole process is like so long, and it's unnecessarily gated as well. Where like you start with like ten of these paper dolls, which can hold ten balls of souls, and that's it. And if you come across more souls than you have paper dolls, you just you don't you can't pick them up until you go empty right. your cash and then go get more. And you can buy them from shops, but it's like, why is this here? And then like, and then you get to the skill tree, and the skill tree has a whole entire section which is like, make that animation ten percent, twenty percent, forty percent faster. Jesus and you're Christ. like, wow, that doesn't need to. That's just not no. Um. And like yeah, I like I I kind of I I like the combat. I I the story is actually being kind of interesting at points. Um, some of the stuff that they're doing, they're doing some really good. It reminds me a lot, kind of of. It's got a real kind of like yakuza energy to it, where some of it is very serious and some of yeah. it is incredibly dumb. Like to the point where they're like. So this game is a bunch of side missions, obviously, as well. And most of these side missions are, or the, the the structure of the side missions is, there's a soul trapped on Earth that can't that, that has like unfinished business, right? And you have to finish yeah, the business. Typical and then the ghost game, hunting. Typical ghost yeah. stuff, right? And um, there's one you go by, and you know, like um, I mean, I've only ever seen it from like like games set in Japan, but like your um, uh. Public toilets and parks, right? Like you're, it's all, it's this thing you've seen a bunch mm. of places, and you walk past one of them, and you hear a ghost inside, and your your map picks up, and you go in, and there's a shut cubicle inside one of them, and inside of them, there's a ghost having a really rough time on the toilet, and he's like, "Hey, can you get me some toilet roll?" And you turn around, there's some toilet roll there, and you pick up and you throw it over the thing, and he goes, "Oh, cool, ah, uh, it's a real bad one. Can you get me some more toilet roll?" And you have to go into the, like the next thing, get more, come back. And then you throw that over and he's like, oh man, that was great. And then the door opens and there's a ghost in there sitting in the toilet and he goes, cheers, and disappears. And that's the quest. And you're like, why? What? Like how? That's weird. Yeah. That was so weird. And like, not like, the, and like that was me massively oversimplifying. Like it was actually kind of funny in bits, but it's like that, that, the, that totally is so weird compared to a lot of the rest of the game. But like, it's doing a lot of the stuff as well. But in, ter- in, ter- in terms of, tonal differences like it's doing a lot of the stuff that Evil Within 2 did really really well as well where it's doing the the kind of abstract like um, non-Euclidean geometry stuff like think like um, the cigarette maze from Control yeah it does a lot of that yeah that kind of stuff 
it does that stuff super well. It does it in really surprising ways as well. Um, so it's just like, it's all of that kind of stuff. And also like, this sounds like a really weird complaint and I don't think I've complained about this specifically with any game or at least a game in a long, long time. I don't think this game sounds very good. And that's a okay. weird thing to say, like, but like it's the coming from... Or the... Like, it feels like... It feels like everything is... If there's more than two things happening on once is on the screen at once, it feels like everything is just clipping. Like it feels like everything's right, yeah. just noise. Like the like the, the the paper doll thing where you're sucking the souls in. Like that just feels like overdriven. It feels crunched. It's Ugh, weird. Okay. And then it's like the soundscape itself is not great. Where so obviously that's being set in in Tokyo. It's very vertical, right? And yeah, there's a lot yeah. of big tall buildings. And the way you get to the top buildings is you get this power very early on where there are... Um, so, like, yokai are all over this world, right? And are part of this world. Um, the, the things aren't ghosts. So, like, there's the yokai that is, like, um, the one that's the spirit of, like, umbrellas and stuff like that. Like, all based on actual, like, mythos, Japanese mythos. And they are all yeah, yeah, actual yeah. yokai. And you have to go catch them and release them and all this kind of stuff. But one of the yokai that's there, they don't harm you, but they're just, like, these flying dudes that are just kind of floating about. And the power you get very quickly is you if you see one, you can point at it, latch onto it, and pull up to it, right? And that's how you get high up very quickly, mm. like kind of like a grapple hook style thing. Yeah. But so and they show up on the map as well when you're close to them, right? So you can see on your mini map, like, hey, there's Yokai here, here, and here, so you can need to get up to these buildings. But they also like they make a flap noise and like a bird noise like right. constantly. In oh, a okay. remarkably wide area. Oh, so you're just so, like, always hearing them? Is that so you're just always hearing them. And, like, Jesus. it's not a case of, like, they're hidden and you need to find them. Like, they are everywhere. They are on your map and are not difficult to find. Yeah. And they're just constantly making noises. And it's just, like, it just, it really, I wish I could switch them off. Like, it just, the whole soundscape just feels off balance in some weird way. But, like, yeah. and, like, the combat itself, like, it just feels like everything is making, it just feels like everything's making white noise. It's really weird to the point where I was like, are my speakers fucked? Like, it felt like something was wrong. Something was like, wrong, because, yeah. Yeah, like, because I, li- because I live in a, in a tenement block, right, I've notched the bass, like, completely out of my speakers, and I have my speakers on foam, like, noise-absorbing foam, so it doesn't go through the floor. Like, I've done all that stuff, and, like, that's never been a problem for any other game for me. But I was like, have I just not, like, is all of this, is all of the soundscape in the bass? Like, what the fuck is happening? It just, it sounds weird it sounds really really weird but for me so far the visuals and the um the aesthetic and just kind of actually i I, the combat is actually starting to grow on me and there's a lot of like exploration in that game where it's like i don't know here's a world game right yeah but like more than that it's more like like the the most of the time they'd land on the right balance of like yeah this um Set scaff- this um, uh, building that's being constructed looks a little weird, huh? And doesn't like draw your attention to it. But if you do go in there, there's a whole bunch of shit in there. You're like, oh, okay. And it's like, like the 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 natural exploration part of it is really good, which is a thing that like can be really hit or miss for me. Even those games, which is like, if you don't make it clear there's something there, there's a whole other world I can go look at. So yeah, you yeah. need to be. They do a pretty good job of that. Um, I'm liking it. It's not revolutionary and i don't think it's I, I think i could totally see people picking this up and being super disappointed but if you take into account like the the combat being slightly sluggish and um 
kind of the the um the sound stuff like I, I feel like that's the thing that's like gonna bother like seven people but it did actually start to grate on me a little bit i don't know i'm enjoying it um now that i've finished horizon i'm gonna go finish that i want to see where it goes um and again like you do you, do, the make, people... you do make a lot of uh concessions and apologies for stuff that has good style so i, I kind of understand it, totally where you're coming from. yeah like it's it, it's a very me game it really is like it, it it's um yeah i i don't know i i i yeah, it does a lot of cool stuff. That 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 we'll see. Um, so do you want to talk? Because I, I want to talk about Norco, but I don't know how long that conversation's go gonna go. So do you want to you want to talk about I, what you I, can do? I, I mean, having COVID means that I couldn't really do a lot of. Um, yeah, I couldn't do a lot to be honest. Uh, so I kind of got stuck in a chair for a few days. So I decided it was a good idea to like finally try and get through. The, I said I was going to play all the Dragon Age games because I knew four was on the horizon. So I was oh like, yeah, I I kept getting updates from you I was going like man through it. So I like <laughs> yeah. I I when I left it last, I was in Origins and I had hmm. I was about halfway through Awakening, so I was like very nearly almost done with Origins. Um, Give me your the one that was interesting to me was because I've I've heard this from a couple of different people in subtly different ways. Give me your your very thin uh, your very small thesis on. The potential of Dragon Age Two. Well, this was going to be the point. Was like, yeah. I, so I, I, I finished. I finished Dragon Age and moved on to Dragon Age Two, and was like, I know this game's not very good. I just need to like get through it so I can get the Dragon Age Inquisition, which was the game I actually wanted to, to play because I've not played that yeah. since it came out, and I was like, I need to see what it's like now and what the DLC was like and stuff. Because the Dragon Age stuff, the way that they handled DLC was like, they would do one bit of DLC that was like a. Uh, like a sort of midway through the the main story sort of DLC, like an extra side story that would go on and explain some stuff. And then they would do yeah. a DLC that was after the main story that was supposed to then tie into the next game. So Oh sure. Like right. in Origin in Origins there was Awakening, which was like a big expansion that was supposed to then tie in two, which it did. And then two had uh oh fuck, what was it called? Uh, the one that had Corypheus in it. I can't remember the name of it, but like it's I will look up the Dread Pass or something like that. I can't remember what it was called, but um, yeah, there was there was a the final exp- the final DLC expansion for D- Dragon Age Two, which had the main villain for Inquisition in it, and explained the origins of him and how he came out and stuff like that. So it was interesting. I was like, I need to see what they've done for the DLC in Inquisition because that's going to do the tie-in for four. Because it's gonna mm. do. Because that's trespasser. I know that that's trespasser. Because that's the thing that talks Solus a lot and why he's the main villain and stuff. Who's, um, who's yes, exactly, yeah. So I started playing Dragon Age two, and like it's it going through it is exactly the same experience that I have every single time I play it, which is just utter disappointment every single time. Which is the game is so is so interesting, and it has so many cool things in it, like. The idea of it being set as a story, it's a, it's a story about one person told over the course of like 15 years, which is like really in, like in one city. So doing this as like a, it's an individualized story about this one person in this one city. So you can see development and you can see like progression and stuff really, really well, especially both a character and the city. Um, in, a, in a fascinating way that leads into a really cool story from multiple things about like, it goes. It goes from like uh, refugee crisis to like 
religion versus science to like persecution and like a whole bunch of really really big topics that are all dealt with in this story over the course of this as Kirkwall develops it's a really really mm. fascinating thing um, and it does, it does a really interesting narrative device where it's a story being told retrospectively by a third party so the story is not being, right. the story the narrator of the story is Varric talking to Cassandra after everything has happened so they play on that every so often where it it behaves every so often like if you remember um Colawara's gunslinger where it's like oh right yes it, yeah, yeah it starts doing something and then Cassandra will type in being like wait that doesn't make any sense that doesn't work and Varric then has yep. to go back and be like no okay this is what actually happened like specifically it more comes up when Varric is telling stories about himself so sure when you do his side plot there's like a whole bit where um he like walks into his like his like family estate and it's being overrun by bandits and it's just him and you like fend off waves and waves and waves of guys for like five minutes which is really really boring if you know the da2 combat system it's dull Mm. and not interesting but after that goes away, it cuts back to Varric and Cassandra talking, and Cassandra's like, there's no way you did this by yourself. Like, it doesn't make any <laughs> sense. You couldn't have done this. And he's like, oh, come on, you have to give me some sort of artistic license. Like, I'm trying to tell a story here, but okay, here's what actually happened. And then you do the actual mission. Like, it's right. interesting. They, they're doing a narrative device. It's a really fascinating thing, especially yeah, yeah, yeah. when they cut backwards and forwards. And... It's that telling a really interesting story that develops, and there's a bunch of really interesting points, especially like the Mage and Templar thing that ends up tying into the whole world and the story in like Inquisition and stuff like that. And they do a bunch of really, really cool, interesting things. The game, the the game just completely. And the char- the characters are really cool. Like there's a bunch of apart from Isabel. Isabel's really boring, but there's a bunch of really interesting characters in it. Like Aveline's super interesting, and Meryl's super interesting. There's there's cool people there. And they tell really good stories, and their side quests are all really interesting. The problem is that the game that they design just isn't good. Like, mm-hmm. the combat's really bad. Like, it's not... They do a lot of... Um, it's supposed to be more action-y, so it's not like a bunch of like old-school CRPG, pause it, set stuff up, do all that. Mm-hmm. That's what Origins was. Two's not that. It's supposed to be more active, so you're supposed to, like... You have auto attacks that have combos and you'd run around and you do like elemental sure. chaining and stuff. It was an interesting idea, but like people have very limited abilities and it just ends up meaning you use the same four stuff over and over again. It's not very sure. It's not very dynamic. They also did a thing of they completely negate the idea of party makeup, where if you set it up where if you're good at building characters where you have like a tank that taunts everybody and like has super defensive mm. things and then damage dealers and supports and stuff like that gets thrown completely out the window because every combat encounter is like you meet up with the people that are in the room once you kill three out of the four of them more appear as like an ambush style thing so they all appear from the sides so even if mm. you have a main tank that is supposed to be there to taunt everybody, there are still people that are running into your backline for, like, no reason all the time. Oh, every okay. combat encounter, like, there is no easy combat encounter. Well, there are all easy combat encounters because the combat's really easy, but, like, it's there's no straightforward this is a fight combat encounter. There are always more dudes, and they always show up, and it's always just really awkward to do. 
It's, it, it, it feels really clunky and like not well thought out as to why the combat worked in Origins. Um, right. So like, it just doesn't. It doesn't feel good to play. And then you throw on top of that the idea that there are like five maps in that game that they right. repeat over and over and over again just for different side quests. So you come at yeah, it that was, angle, but it's the same room. It's that was the one that like as somebody didn't play it, like that was the one that. I saw everyone talking about it was like there are six dungeons in this game and they're yeah. the same six dungeons. There's like, and... there's like maybe eight or nine maps in that whole game and they just reuse yeah. it through the entirety of like a 40 hour game or whatever. It's, yeah. They just reuse it over and over again and it's weird. It's bad. It's really, really has there, bad. Has there been has there been reporting about this game about like what the fuck happened? Like, was it so. just I like just a resource thing? It. I don't know. I because I, you don't been out of time but I, I would love to see it if it exists because I don't remember. Consi- but, yeah. Considering like, considering Dragon Age being Dragon Age at that point, like Dragon Age being a success, like why you would not throw all of your resources at this thing to do this seems crazy. Yeah. So it's, I don't know. It was bizarre. It seems like a weird choice. Um, but yeah, like Legacy. That was the name of the DLC. I've just remembered it was called Legacy. Ah. Um, yeah. yeah, and there's like a. a so many interesting things in it, and like, but it just it it completely falls apart when you try to play it. Like if it was a, if it was a really long movie or like a play or like something like that, it would probably be really cool. But you couldn't do that because that's not how that yeah. works. But yeah, yeah, and like it. The main, so the other problem I have with it is now a problem that I know is throughout the entirety of the Dragon Age series, and it is. Yeah. It's the biggest bit of like narrative dissonance that I have seen in one of these games and it really irks me quite a lot of the time where I've, I've talked about this when I was talking about when I was playing Dragon Age Origins but this is the same mm. thing and I've now noticed it in every game and it's I, I don't understand how it's so pervasive where so they spend a lot of time in Dragon Age when they're explaining the world especially magic magic's huge in Dragon Age and like they talk about the veil sure. and like the fade and all that stuff it's a really important part and the thing that they constantly say is that magic's really difficult, you're contacting with the fade, you talk to demons, it's very scary. The worst thing you can possibly do is blood magic. It is the worst thing you can yep. possibly do is the darkest magic. It directly hits the fade and is basically channeling demons and it's really, really bad. Mm-hmm. When I did that in Dragon Age Origins, I was a blood mage because blood magic is super powerful and kind of breaks that game. So if you're being a mage, yep. it's kind of dumb to not be a blood mage. Made absolutely no sense in Dragon Age Origins because anybody that knows anything about magic spends that entire game telling you blood magic's really dangerous and you do mm. a bunch of side quests that are all about hunting blood mages you have multiple people in your party that are staunch haters of blood magic and specifically Wynn who is like an enchanter of the circle of magi is like very staunchly against blood magic and she happens to be the best healer in the game, so I had her in my party and was using blood magic in front of her and didn't bat an eye. It was weird. So like and like so yeah, so in Dragon Age Origins, the hero of Ferelden, the guy that stops the blight and kills the archdemon and does all this amazing stuff, was a blood mage. Nobody cares. Nobody brings it up. <sighs> nobody brings the fact that they were using blood magic the whole time. They killed the archdemon with blood magic. Like nobody cares. Nobody brings it up. It's not a thing. Cut to Dragon Age 2, where you're playing Hawk as a mage, uh, can also be a blood mage, um, 
same thing. People talk about how blood magic is really bad, even though Hawks of Blood Mage use blood magic in the whole thing. Especially when you start getting into the stuff about Templar, the Templar v Mage storyline, which is like Act 3, but it's like pervasive in the whole thing, where mm-hmm. the head of the Templars just basically wants to kill all the mages because they're all terrifying and communing with demons and all will eventually use blood magic. Like, her whole, her whole rhetoric is, this will eventually devolve into everybody using blood magic and that's scary, let's kill them all. Fucking champion of Kirkwall used blood magic the whole time. Didn't say anything. Didn't bring it up. Doesn't like you because you're a mage. Doesn't bring up the fact that you're a blood mage and use it all right. the fucking time. Um, and, and it is obvious that you're doing it, right? Like, well, it's, yeah, not it's, like it's a fucking mechanic. Like you are, you are right. doing it in combat. You're doing it in front of people, like all the time, yeah. including your party members. And like, so then nobody, nobody bats an eye. Zero people care. And it makes absolutely no fucking sense in the context of the story. Cut to uh, Dragon Age Inquisition, where Hawk shows up as a character, um, and you do a whole big quest with Hawk about uh, the the Grey Wardens being tricked and controlled by Corypheus to perform blood magic rituals to summon demons. Hawk spends the entire storyline being like, I've seen the effects of blood magic, because he did in Kirkwall. I've seen the effects of blood magic. Blood magic is scary and dangerous. We need to stop this. Cut to me in my chair going, dude, I was you. You were a blood mage. What the fuck are you talking about? What the hell is happening here? Huh. You were a blood mage. I, you can't be a blood mage in Inquisition, sadly. But like, sure. what the fuck? Like, if you pay attention to the hero of the, the, the story of Ferelden, as I wrote it as that character fucking blood mages save the universe on multiple occasions i don't under it makes no fucking sense and nobody brings it up and the fact that it broke when in storyline hawk was like touting blood magic and saying it was like the worst thing in the world and it's like dude you were a blood mage for like 30 <laughs> levels of that game like you were a blood mage for so long how the fuck Weird. does this make any sense it's yeah it it's it's weird because quite a lot of that game, in terms of like the lore of the world and like how you can perceive it and what you can learn, mm. is dependent on you being a mage. If you're a mage, you have a lot more investment in that world and knowledge of the surrounding, like the fade and stuff like that. It's all super relevant to you if you're a mage. Sure. Even yeah. in, in, in an Inquisition, if you are a mage, especially if you're a female elf mage, you have insight into the world and the upcoming story and the overall story of Dragon Age by being a female mage you can romance solace and learn all this stuff that is really really important so as a mage in Dragon Age Inquisition to have people spend the entire game saying fucking blood magic's the worst but you know as the person that made the world that the most important heroes in history have all been blood mages (laughs) Jesus, it's so crazy it's so weird and I get it like it's it's hard it would be really hard to do that but as Bioware at the time who were the masters of like you carry your save and you do the the world changes depends on your choices and stuff like that having this one really central character build thing that is so massively pervasive in the world the story of the world have no effect on anything 
is so bizarre. It threw like, it what, for me. Why, like, it's so weird. Why would you not just have it so that they didn't have blood magic? Like, what, does it really, like... Surely, yeah, surely like, like... That would be... That would probably be the, the best thing, right? Is to, like, just not let people do blood magic specialization. Like, have some other magic yeah. specialization instead of blood magic if you weren't going to have people react to it. Like... Exactly, like, yeah. Because, like, if you're going to double down on doing that, like... You need to you need to have people react to it, right? Especially yeah, exactly. if you're making yeah, that yeah. central a thing, because like especially the what was it? Was it? It wasn't tyranny. What's the other one? Uh, the other RPG. Like, what was the one, one with it? There's the one that that's you can go as a race that everyone thinks is terrifying. So you wear a bucket on your head. Oh, I mean that's D and D. Like you can do that as D and D, or you can do it as. Um... Divinity has it as well. A bunch of them have like Divinity. Weirder... That's what it was. So like, D- Divinity has it. Pillars of Eternity has it, and just, like, base D&D has it as well. If you're a tiefling in D&D, it's hard, because people think you're a demon. Like, it's... That's yeah, just, but that's yeah. the thing, like, especially in Divinity, like, it's one thing to do it in, like, tabletop, but, like, in a in a, in a a CRPG context, like, the idea that you can be... This, who you are as a character, like, forks off a bunch of conversations, and, yeah. like, whoa, what the fuck? Like, yeah. that's, a, that's an ambitious thing to do. Um, and it sounds like it is doable. Like Divinity seems to have pulled it off, and 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 other games all yeah, like that Pillars that Pillar does it and stuff like that. Like it's it's a yeah. thing that you can do. Yeah. So for Bioware to just go nah, and then allow you to continue to use it, I think is, it's I think personally because it is like if you do do it and like try and make people react to it, the story becomes really difficult to write. Like sure. That story, because it, it either ends with like you taking the blood magic specialization, and the second you use blood magic in front of anybody, the Templars come after you and try and kill you the whole yeah. game, or like half your party turns against you and stuff. It like, and then and then if you're doing that as well, the almost the entire story of Dragon Age Two doesn't work because like <laughs> the way that you would do it right is if you're a blood mage in Dragon Age Origins, and you go through the whole process and you save you stop the blight with blood magic. Then, mm-hmm. the way that I would do it then is that you write it so that the world reacts to blood magic and realises that it's like, blood magic isn't inherently dangerous, it's about the people that use it, and like that sort of thing. But then it becomes mm-hmm. like, the story of Dragon Age 2 doesn't work, because the only way that Dragon Age 2 works is if you get to Templars v Mages, and the entire Templar rhetoric is about nobody should be allowed to use blood... I No, actually, I guess you could still do that, you just have them be more militant about it. Like it's not, yeah, that would, yeah, yeah, it's maybe. weird. But like, it's it's it's, a, it's it, I can understand them not doing it because it would be very hard to write. But yeah, if it, it, at that point just don't have it as an option, like it doesn't make any yeah, sense. For sure. It's yeah, that's my that's my that's my diatribe about Dragon Age. Like two could have sure. been so much better, and it's fucking weird that people don't react to you being a blood mage. But the dragon, the world, and the story, and everything in Dragon Age is still amazing, and the yep. They have built this fantastic fantasy universe that I really hope Dragon Age 4 is good because like I'm playing Dragon Age Inquisition right now and it's got a lot of problems, but they they are setting up for a story that has an amazing villain that could potentially be super, super good. I just need to see how it works. And Bioware are not exactly batting a thousand right now. So yeah, Bioware's not. Bioware's got the sheen sheened off it at this point. It's like, fucking terrifying it's... to see what Dragon Age Four is going to be, but I'm there. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm there. I'm ready. Oh, yeah, yeah. I know what I need to do. It's just yeah. 
that's kind of it. Like that, literally, COVID just paralyzed me. So that's kind of Fair. all I've done. Um, um, the very, very, very briefly, the the new mm. patch of Final Fantasy fourteen six point one mm. is very, very good. New Alliance raid is fantastic. New uh, New Extreme is really, really fun. It's very, very difficult. It's uh, which is surprising for an extreme. They're not normally that hard, but this is very, very hard. Um, I'm gonna do the Unreal today at some point so i'll be able to see what that's like but very very good very very cool story the story is very interesting because it's like this is the story after endwalker so it's now like you've saved the world okay what happens now that's the story Mm. of like the 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 warrior of light has now done their job and the story's done so you go back to to taro and taro's like yeah, you've saved the world and everybody else is off doing their own thing. Like, what do you want to do now? Like, who knows? Is The world is open. Go on adventure. Like, that is the story. It's cool. Go on adventure is pretty good. Yeah. I like that. Um, cool. Um, it's a great, great, great patch. Good content in it. Cool. Um, let's cut to break and okay. we'll come back and talk about some other things. Um, I believe you have some music for us. Yeah. So, uh, COVID um, kind of it stopped me doing anything for a few days except for just like lying on the couch and like passing out like in and out of consciousness. So I couldn't move all that much. And so what I did was I, I got way back into jetpack joyride on my phone. Oh God. Um, Right. Yes. I just played a lot of that because I was like, I want something to do on my phone. That's not like super, I don't need a lot of attention. Just like, I can just hit buttons or whatever. Cause I was basically delirious at that point. Yep. Um, and yeah, got way back into Jetpack Joyride. I forgot how fucking good the music from Jetpack Joyride is. It's real good. Uh, yeah. So I'm going to play the main that. music from Jetpack Joyride. Um, cool. Yeah, it's great. It's really, really good. And it got me through <laughs> COVID. So good good job, Excellent. Jetpack Joyride. Um, check the post links. You can buy that. And we'll be back with some more right after this. the main theme from Jetpack Joyride uh, it was kind of the music of my delirium while I was out uh, it's still really really good but it is weird when you're like fucking fever tripping and yeah, that's kind of all you're listening to fevers are weird fevers are really really oh, strange yeah. things yeah fevers are bizarre um, <laughs> you, you see some shit you see some weird yeah. shit when you're high on fever I remember old Christmas BBC cartoons from 10 years ago Right? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, yeah. I forgot that that was the did thing. You, that I saw. Did you fever yeah, so hard you forgot about the fever thing? Yes. No, I, I, I might have done. Yeah, like I, I think I was so fevered at that point, so I might have just completely forgot that I talked about that. Yeah, yeah. the whole Robbie the reindeer Robbie thing. Robbie the reindeer. Hell, remembering yeah, that, that, was, that that thing that I'd forgotten. That about. one joke, yep. one single joke, and a whole solid, like forty-five minute animation. It's, it's a, a good joke. joke. It's a really. I don't solid know why joke. that that's where my brain went, but yeah, that's yeah. just where my brain ended up. Um, I just saw I just saw him singing I just saw him singing crazy and then saw the fish hit him in the face and Santa saying thank you seal and I was like I yep. don't know why that's where my brain went 
but it yeah. just is. Um, so I think very quickly we we both played a bit of Lego Star Wars at this point. I didn't think you were going to get involved in that at all, but it seems like no. I told I told my girlfriend that there was a new Lego Star Wars game coming out, and she was oh, like, "Well, okay. we're playing it." And I was okay. like, "Okay, fair enough, sure." Um, it's really good. I I yeah, it's, uh, they've made <laughs> it's some, very good. They've made some smart as as a long time. Lego efficient Lego game aficionado. They've made some real good updates to that thing. Um, where it feels like a, it feels less like a kids game now. It feel or, or no, sorry, that's not true. It feels like it's updated itself to un- have an understanding that kids are actually pretty decent at games. Where like mm. it is now a left trigger, right trigger game. It like yeah, that kind yeah, of stuff. Yeah. And there's like it's got a combos. fucking combat. It's got a combo system. Yeah. yeah. Me, me and my girlfriend started playing it and like we saw the, the combo system where it was like you can chain any attack it's together. It's juggles, basically. And it's got juggles and stuff like that and we're both like huge fans of Devil May Cry yeah. and we're like, Jesus Christ, this has got actual like, yeah. people like get air hike to like, they get knocked <laughs> up in the air and you can jump up after them and stuff. Like it's fucking crazy. Yeah. yeah. Um. But yeah, those, those games are good. I never played any of those games the original versions of any of those games i don't think i think i maybe played like an hour of so that was the, the last thing that i played oh no that's not true i played like a, one of the the marvel ones but that was like years ago oh, no, but, like, not, i'm talking specifically about the lego star wars ones yeah that's, no, that's what i mean i'm talking about the the the, mm. the last lego game i played was like one of the open world marvel games that was sure. very very long ago and then the one before that was like the original lego star wars oh, like, i've just not played sure. a lot of them it's definitely one of those um moments where makes you feel real old where you see people get nostalgic for that original lego star wars game you're like oh Mm, wow mm. yeah like you were a child then huh okay yeah um but yeah no like those games are good but they're they're more lego and it's exactly what we need right now so have they always been like that open world like is that well is that mm, new the and i need to make sure i get this right because there was two marvel games there's marvel's avengers which i think was the one that came out at the ps4 launch around that time that I because that's when mm. I got it. Um that had open world Manhattan ish where it was like story missions but had a bunch of side missions around the place. But this yeah. one is like way, way more where it's like uh there's like proper like every action. every like every like major map in this game is like a mini open world. Yeah no that like, like that stuff, stuff to find and yeah. there's no that all that stuff is new. All that stuff is, is or at least a, like a massive expansion of what's been done before. Sure, um, sure, sure, sure. And it seems to be pretty stable. Like those games have always been a little bit buggy uh, yeah. at time, but it's been a little. It's been reasonably stable. We've had two. We had one soft lock, which I thought was very funny, where uh, doing a jump between uh, two areas in space, and like when you jump, when you're doing split screen, like every time you do a transition, the other person has to confirm it. To yeah, go. yeah. yeah. Uh, and when you were in space, and somebody triggered the one of us triggered the transition. Then I won't agree to it. And then like the camera just stopped moving and the ship went off as it would normally like fade to black to do the transition. Um and the ship just kept going into space and it oh, nice. stopped. So it just disappeared. And it was oh, like, yeah. oh shit, something's gone wrong. Okay, I'll drop out as the second player. And I dropped out and it kept going. I was like, eh, oh, okay, nice. you it. should go you should go and just quit the game and went <laughs> quit game and I came back to the thing and the ship just kept going. It didn't quit. You're just like fantastic. Oh, excellent. Okay, great. Um but yeah, it's 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 it it's a, it seems like a solid one of them, but we're we're halfway through. I, yeah, the thing that that got me as someone that's not mm. played a Lego game in very very long is like their their brand of humor mm. has like changed to just fucking airplane or like Naked Gun, where it's just like 
we're gonna fucking rapid fire these jokes at you until eventually one of them's gonna stick and so like it's a couple of things about that which is interesting if you've never played those games before because we're playing it we played it in uh movie order right so we did four five six and then prequels and then we're going to go sure, sure, sure. Seven, eight, nine. um yeah obviously theatrical th- order is what theatrical you order theatrical sorry. release order yeah. so obviously four five six are based on the original games right and those original mm-hmm. games were the games that before legos talked right they were the miming only games yeah yeah and yeah. they've then retrofit voice actors on top of, of doing that I'll so say all- the voice act. The voice actors are all the voice actors from the animated shows. So like oh, Rebels they? and Clone Wars, okay, that's they're all great. The it's all fantastic. Darth the Vader second I heard Obi Wan Kenobi, I was like, the second I heard Obi Wan Kenobi, I was like, yeah. that's the fucking Clone Wars yeah. Obi Wan Kenobi. Like I know that. Um. So when those game, when those games, all they had was the miming and they don't have voice acting. It lent itself a lot to that kind of like backgrounds, like slaps, not slaps, yeah, like, slaps like the background yeah, yeah. stuff happening because yeah. they were doing the movie stuff up front and then there's the background stuff and then as those games got further and further on it was more about more foreground jokes it was like we've written jokes around the stuff that's happening yeah, in the yeah, foreground yeah, yeah. there's still a little bit of that so it has changed over that time it seems like this game it's gonna be interesting to see where this game lands as it's moved into like when it does 789 like the new new stuff they've never done before like how mm-hmm. much of that that does but yeah the, the things i liked about lego games were the the kind of that kind of background like we're just going to keep throwing tiny things they at just you. Yeah, they just throw these jokes at you yeah. and like it's the it, I, I find it funny like there was a lot of really mm. funny stuff but like there was a couple of times where the joke is so weird and ra- like the the joke that got me like sent me for like mm. a good like five or ten minutes was like after you do the pod race in episode yeah. one and you go back to Addy's house to yeah. like show Shmi that you'd won and stuff like that and Addy runs up to his mum he goes, Mom, I won. Look at all this I won. And like pulls out his winnings. Yep. And it's like, but it is like a mountain of gold yes. and like credits. And, and it completely crushes her and she does the Lego explosion. And yep. I was like, that's such a fucking weird joke. And it's so funny. And he's just fucking killed his own mom. It's so weird. They handle, yeah, it was great. It was so my, fucking funny. My favorite one so far has been, well, there's a couple of them. I'm always interested in these games to see how they deal with like, the people who get killed in those movies, right? Because you're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Obviously, it's Lego, right? But the the one the one I was really interested in is in uh, Attack of the Clones when like Anakin starts his murder spree, right? And he's like, he goes to track down the people who his mum oh, sold the Tuscan to Raiders. and yeah, killed yeah, the Tuscan yeah. Raiders, right? And that scene is just like he just like lightsaber out, walks into this hut, and then from outside the hut, just bits of Lego person just get thrown out and reassembled. And and then they all just run away at the end of it, and he just gets angry. It's it's like, yeah, they're the reason that they're they're doing smart stuff with it. It seems like they're doing yeah. the right thing with it, which which I really have. I also appreciate that unlock from the start is the extra that is like you can just put on mumble mode, so they are just miming. Like that's the thing. Oh, you can just okay, switch I didn't on. know that. Okay, yeah, sure. it's in the extras menu where you get like the stud multipliers. Like there's one that's unlocked from the start. That's just like mumble. I think it's just called mumble mode or whatever it is. Um. But it does seem like the uh, the acting is actually pretty good in it, and they're not just taking the voice lines; yeah. like they're they've re-recorded all those lines. No, with they've they, voice they have re-recorded it. Yeah, yeah. The, 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 but they've the, the, like I've said, they've also got the good voice mm. actors. Like they got the voice actor from the show, which makes, is the thing that matters. Like that makes a lot of sense. Where it was like, yeah, like that Darth Vader's real good. Like he's accurate. Like that is a good, yeah, um, yeah. good um, So yeah, the game I want to talk about as well is norco which is a super interesting thing so it is a 
So it's a point-click, well, okay, it is a very traditional style point-click adventure game, um, kind of pixel art style, set in a near future, well, I say near future, a lot of it's scarily closer than you think, um, but near future, uh, Norco, Louisiana, which is a basically a town that is, supports the local oil power refinery, uh, oil refinery. Um, which is obviously being Louisiana on the bayou, like there's a lot of stuff about the ecology of the oil extraction taking over the town yeah. and all this kind of stuff. And basically, and you see, so you play Kay, who's a woman, young woman who's come back to Norco, where she grew up because her mother has passed from cancer and she's been away for like four or five years at this point and is her coming back. Um, and it very quickly, this becomes the fact that your mum was doing some research or doing some investigative journalism into the local oil company um and then went missing before her death and then her, your brother is also missing and the game essentially becomes like hunt trying to find out what happened to them and where they are and, mm. and all this kind of stuff um so it's a it's a very traditional point and click not in that you have a character that walks around it's first person but it's like first person shots of of stuff um it is super cool it is um it's got a really good mix of like being really funny and also being really poignant like superbly well written like just just like i'm not i am not the type we'll get back to this but i am not the type of person who like see or or like appreciate as good prose when they see it like it just doesn't mm. sink into me as much as it normally does but like there's something about this that is like oh this is there's some poeticism in in a lot of this and there's because there's a degree of like um i think the term is magical realism i don't know my my literary wife will correct me on that i'm sure but i think the term is ma- magical realism where like it's very much set like in our world but like there's a lot of just real off-kilter stuff yeah, um, yeah, yeah. On top of just like the your your mother had a a, a Android that has a, bra- a a digital brain in them that helped you that used to be a security droid. There's a whole like all of the sci-fi stuff is in there as well, but it is but the actual story is very much about like family and coming home and and, and all of that kind of stuff. Um, so obviously I don't want to get into story stuff because the story is the whole game, right? And it's but it's, yeah, it's super cool. Yeah. But the thing that I think is super interesting about it is it's getting a lot of comparisons to two games. It's getting a lot of comparisons to Disco Elysium because okay. it's so the kind of central it's a good game to compare yourself. It's a very to, good game to compare it to, partly because of the kind of um, partly just because of the kind of tone of the thing. Like it is very like um, oppressive. Like it has yeah. it, it mixes the oppressive with the humor pretty well, mm-hmm. actually. Yep. Um, very much like Disco did, and also like um, the the core core quote unquote gameplay mechanic um, kind of emulates a little bit of the thought cabinet stuff, where as you explore and meet characters and all this kind of stuff, it's one of those things that is really important. I think becomes increasingly important with games like this, is that you need to be able to come back and go, wait, you're talking about this character. And they've referenced this other thing. How did they interact with each other? And basically, this game has a mind map of like all of the characters oh, sure. in the yeah. game uh, in this web, and it uses the, ga- the game's dialogue system to investigate this mind map. So, 
for instance, your your brother will be a, a title on this mind map, and you'll click on it, and it'll say Blake, and the dialogue thing will come up, and it'll go Blake is, and then it'll give you a bunch of dialogue options, and you'll say Blake is dot 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 your brother, and if you click on that, it'll give you information about like when the last time you saw him was, yeah, and what yeah, he's yeah, like, yeah, and all yeah, that yeah. stuff, and then as you find it, it's like Blake is dot 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 missing becomes an option and that's how you investigate all these links through the mind map right is that you have dialogue with the mind map basically um to kind of explore and see all the all the different bits and how it all breaks out Um, and because it's done through dialogue there are some moments in there where like that the interrogation of the mind map itself becomes its own like harrowing experience it's it's superbly well done um and the other thing it's compared itself to quite a lot is kentucky route zero Partly oh, because sure. of the, is it fucking incomprehensible? Is that the so no? And I, th- I think the comparison for me to the Kentucky Route Zero is the surrealist aspects. Like, there's a lot of times where, like, so oh sure, this yeah. is a super minor spoiler, but it's more descriptive than anything else. So, obviously, this is Louisiana, this is in the Bayou, so floods are a problem in this place, and it's become worse mm. as the oil refinery has or the oil company has went and done their thing. So. As you're exploring the house, one of the things that you come across is like a, a framed photo for which brings you into a dialogue option with yourself, kind of, where you talk about the three times during your life while you lived there that there was a flood, right? The, the house flooded. So yeah. like the first flood, you were four, you don't remember it that very much, but you do remember the floors being wet and you're and you living in an RV for a while. And then the next one was when you were 12, and that's the one you remember when one of the walls came down or like that kind of stuff. And then the third one was the one that was like, we're just not even going to try anymore. We're just going to move out for a while and then come back when it's all done. And then once you've done all three of them, it unlocks the dialogue option, which is the fourth flood. And the fourth flood hasn't happened yet. But the fourth flood tells the story of what will happen in the future to your house or the house you grew oh, up in. Oh, okay. And it's that kind of like space and time don't quite go linearly in this game. Like stuff will just happen. Mm. that is like off to the side and there's a, there's a lot of areas that, there's a couple of sections in there that feel like they are very much inspired by by Kersey. like um there's a set i can't even get into it actually but like there are there are very much sections of like surrealism for narrative storytelling purposes and it works really really well but the thing i think that this does i've talked on here about my experience with Kentucky Route Zero quite a lot and like yeah. Kentucky Route Zero to me is a game that does not work for me because i don't have enough of a literary and specific point of references that make that game yeah special to a lot of people that thing had a lot of grounding in like uh history of american work and like all that sort of thing that we just don't have being european like exactly so the stuff the stuff that you do get from that game very easily is like you see the parallels very quickly to like the american healthcare system and your your connection to labor and your dependence on it and all that like that stuff is relatively it's a metaphor but it's relatively surface level but there's a lot of stuff in that game that is like if you don't know this one video game from 1972 this entire 12 minute (laughs) section makes no fucking sense so I, I have a real mixed reaction to to, to Zero. Norco is much better where it has a much more traditional storyline that you can hold on to that will take you mm. through that game. But there is a lot of stuff in there where if you go in and listen to it, um, I'm in the middle of listening to the um, the Waypoint spoiler cast of this, about it, but um, um, even on the normal podcast, um, Renata on that podcast was talking about how 
very tied into like the history of um like southern literature like u.s southern literature and faulkner was a name that kept coming up which i have no connection to i i'm not literary i don't know but obviously the layers are there if you want to see if the if you get that stuff but the thing that norco does really well is it has a very more a much more traditional story that will carry you through up until like the first like the last 10 to 15 minutes in which case i have no idea what the fuck that game is trying to say sure yeah visually it's fucking incredible but i i don't yeah sure I don't quite get the moment where it went from like there's a I can see this happening in this actual world to being like are we just on some other meta plane right now that I just don't I have no idea what's happening anymore, um, and it does a lot of really interesting narrative stuff like I've talked about the flood stuff but there's like a couple of scenes in there that are harrowing's the wrong words but there is like a I don't know it's it's just it's just so well written chunks of it like it's 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 yeah it. it it does a lot of interesting stuff with the tying of characters and home to emotional states and stuff like that. It, it's yeah, it, it's just it's just super cool and it looks really good. Like all the pixel art is spectacular. Um, it's a really good solid three hours of adventure. Um, it's not difficult. It's um. It's definitely learned a lot from more recent adventure games where like you can press spacebar and it shows you everything interactable on the screen like immediately. Um, oh good. So so it will definitely like you will get there. There's not a lot of like huge amounts of puzzle solving. Um and yeah, it's it's a game that wants to be experienced and I highly recommend it to a lot of people. It's 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 very cool. Music is also like really, really good and really striking, actually, in a way. It feels like it's a game Yeah, you it feels like it's a game that starts to really or, or or really shows off the thing that we're like, yes, we want games to be made by people who don't traditionally make games. Like a game to yeah, come. Sure. Like it feels like I think it's like a two man or three man team plus like art and music and, and some some other people that have, that have got involved, but like it feels like a game made by people who come from that place. Um Right, right down to the art, right down to the music, right down to the way it's been written. It feels like it's a place that I've never seen before, and that's awesome. And um, it's really, really good at that. Yeah. Um, I mean, also, you, you comparing it to Disco Elysium makes me way more interested yeah. in it. If it's, it, it's got that, that real... Yeah, it's got that real... Yeah, it, it reminds me a lot of, of, of chunks of that game, for, for sure. Um, less grandiose. Well, because grand, even, even like... I wouldn't say Disco Elysium is grandiose, but it's like... There's a. It seems like it's even of a smaller scale than Disco Elysium is. We're like, yeah, it just feels like slightly smaller scale, slightly more like it is very much about the main character. Well, yeah, the, you know? Disco Elysium's like you're you're dealing with incredibly large topics. You're talking about yeah. like countrywide political systems and yeah. like ideology a lot of the time, as opposed to this, which seems very not insular, but like a lot more small small scale. And it does it obviously it does talk about a lot of that stuff, but not directly. Like again, like yeah, yeah, the main yeah, yeah. the main character's whole purpose here is like find out what happens to your mom, find your brother. That's the that's their entire goal. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Um and figure out what happened. Um yeah it's it's super relevant it's very much it, it understands the modern day very very well as well i will tell you off, off the air. zeitgeist yes i will tell you off air about the garrets but once i realized what the garrets were i was 
astounded sure. what they were going for. Um, but yeah, so that's Norco. It's on um, some PC right now. I think it's like thirteen quid. I think it is. It's super super good. I, re- I really I really like it. I really like what they did with it. Um, cool. I think that's everything I had. Um, and obviously since we haven't done this in a while, we've got a couple of slightly larger stories. Um, do you want to talk about Kingdom Hearts to start us? Yeah, they they revealed Kingdom Hearts four, which was like a fucking bizarre thing to do. I wasn't expecting to hear anything from Kingdom Hearts four for like six years, but yeah. Um, so this was the twentieth yeah, anniversary they, stream that they were doing, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And they announced a mobile game, and then announced this. So they, they, they announced the end of um oh fuck, what's the name of it? Dark Road, which is the the mobile game that deals with um Xehanort's backstory. Yep. Uh they announced the missing other link. mobile game with a yeah, missing link, which I'm not sure what that is yet, but it appears to be the story of the other people in Scala at Callum, but or Calum, I think is how you pronounce it. Fucking anything. And well, like, it's set, sure, it's set yep. in Scala. It's set in Scala, so it's Scala like, and Calum. Yep. Yeah, Calum. it's the it's yep. the place. It's the place where Ericus and Xehanort grew up and sure. like learned to be Keyblade masters. So it's that the story there, I guess, is what that is. Um, and yeah, then just fucking revealed Kingdom Hearts Four, and Sora's in the real world with real human feet, and it's. <sighs> God. bizarre it's yeah. weird um yeah no more clown shoes for our boy sora he's 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 a real boy he's a real like, boy yeah yeah um like i will say like as somebody who just who kind of only um academically cares about kingdom hearts it looks great it looks really yeah. nice but like, it's looking really really good the, their their new graphics engine and stuff like that looks absolutely stellar i um, thought they were very smart in at no point in that trailer putting Donald or Goofy next to Sora because I think that might be the thing. Well, that they can. Oh, because he, well, okay. So for story reasons, they can. Okay, sure. Spoiler, spoilers for Kingdom Hearts three because I do need to talk about this if we're going to talk okay. about it. If you've not, if you've not played Kingdom Hearts three, don't listen to this bit. But I need to explain this. Yeah. So when, the when, the, we when the trailer about this game st- for two hours on a podcast and I've I forgotten. Don't. But yes, the, the, re- the Sora Sora wakes up in Tokyo. Basically, wakes up in a real yes. city, Tokyo. Because you messaged me and was like, "Damn, that's a really good interpretation of Tokyo." And yeah. I said, "You mean Quadratum?" Yeah, and you meant what the fuck? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. So the, he he's waking up and at the end of Kingdom Hearts three in the secret ending. If you remember that, he yes. wakes up in a place yes. that looks yeah, like yeah. Tokyo, and you see you see the big uh, scramble crossing, and you see the big tower the and nine, all that yeah. stuff. Yeah. yeah. It's not Tokyo, it's Quadratum. It's the yeah. city that Yuzora is from, who is the Final Fantasy character in Kingdom Hearts 3. Like yep. the fake Final Fantasy character yep. that you end up fighting yep, yep. at the end of Final Mix. That guy. He's there. So he's not in Tokyo, he's in Quadratum. Quadratum is expected to be like a weird sort of purgatory sort of place. We don't mm. really know. Because at the end of Kingdom Hearts 3, Sora basically dies. Like he... Yep. he he's... Use the power of waking so much that he stops existing, basically, at right, that yes. point. Um, in a very sad scene where him and Carrie are about to hold hands and he phases out of existence. It's very sad. Um, and 
So he's there. He's in Quadratum. That's the thing. And the, the, the little girl that wakes up appears to be one of the dandelions from the, the Forebearer era and stuff like that. It's weird. But, they, so they physically can't put Sora and Don, uh, uh, Goofy and Donald and Sora together because Sora's dead. So right. they can't do that. But at the end of the trailer where Goofy and Donald are looking around a dark place and then the blue fire appears, mm-hmm. the suspicion is that they're finding Hades because Hades can go to the underworld, quote unquote. Right. Which might be Quadratum or have some link to Quadratum. Because or it's technically purgatory. Because it's the underworld purgatory sort of area. <sighs> Nobody really knows. But sure. It's it is fucking bizarre. But yes, that's why they can't put Donald, uh, Donald Sora and Goofy together, is because they physically can't because Sora's dead. Right. Okay. Um but they need to go find Sora again because they can't live without Sora because he's the super special boy. And exactly. They need him to be friends and I don't know, eat ice cream or whatever. But I, yeah, that's the reason. Sure. End of end of, end of Kingdom Hearts spoilers. That is that's the my, reason. My hope is that, uh, judging by the look of this, that they are making that game grow with its fan base. Like there are a lot of people like people younger than us who are like Kingdom Hearts is super I mean Kingdom Hearts is super important right like it's, yeah, it's, a, yeah. it's a formative game for a lot of people so the like, idea Kingdom is that, super important to me and I'm almost totally, 30 but yeah totally but yeah. like um, like imagine playing Kingdom Hearts when you were god how old were you when you played Kingdom Hearts the first one you would have been I was 10 10 12 something like that yeah something like that yeah um, Kingdom Hearts well, so yeah, well so no it's would, 20, 20 years so I was 9 yeah 9, nine. okay fair enough um but yeah, like it, it, I hope that that game can grow slightly with the people who have been there since the start, and it's not just like they're going to continue to make it like a. I mean, to be fair, like that first game, like you could see where they were aiming for, even though there was some yeah, like yeah, fantasy yeah. bullshit in there. But then two and three just went like, how about we just write our own insanity? Yeah, everything, like everything that happens after one is when Kingdom Hearts starts going off the rails. The second you hit Chain of Memories and stuff like that, that's yeah. when it goes pew and starts going everywhere. Yeah. Um, so this is a chance. But if, if 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 Kingdom Hearts three taught us anything, it's that they are Friendship looking to is the best. Well, and it will save you. Other than the, and... other than the like the core themes or whatever, <laughs> the the thing that they're showing us in terms of game design is that they don't. They're looking to move away from the Disney stuff and more into their own original things. Yes. So, in Kingdom Hearts four, you're probably I suspect you're probably right in that they're growing it in the sense of like. It's just going to be an RPG as opposed to, hey, it's this thing with all the Disney worlds in it. It's going to be like, no, it's it's Kingdom Hearts. It's the thing with the Kingdom Hearts yeah. stuff in it. It's not. And, yeah. it, and it, it feels to me like Disney some of that will... might be Disney, yeah. but it's mostly the Kingdom Hearts stuff. Yeah. It feels to me like Disney's going to be would be the thing that would fuck that because I would imagine that if you're Disney and you're licensing these characters out, that you'd want them to be like, hey, we've got X movie coming out soon, so make sure they're in the game. You know, like. Mm. Um, but that having been said, the internet detectives out there did pick apart that oh trailer God. and point point out something that did look like an ATAT feat. Yeah, which... like you t- you said that to me uh, on IM. I was like, "Fuck off!" Like that's got to be like some two pixel bullshit. And it was like you sent me the picture. I was like, "Yeah, that could be an ATAT. <laughs> that could be an ATAT foot." It's like sure. it's like the very side of one of the frames. There is like a little cup foot that looks like an ATAT foot. And all, I said that to you, and then all I said was Keyblade lightsabers, and then that was oh that was yeah, it. like yeah. that was the. I mean, yeah. yes, that would make sense. That would make. If sense. they're going, if they're going to a Star Wars world, there is no <laughs> way in which Sora doesn't draw their Keyblade, and it's a lightsaber. Like yep. it has to be. Yep. 
Because then um, there's the joke of like, wait, you're a Jedi, and he's like, what's that? And then oh that's god, yeah. right? Yeah, or actually, it's the it's the, it's the it's the typical Disney joke that they do in Kingdom Hearts. Yeah, and is our midichlorians actually heartless or something? Like, oh god, if they canonize midichlorians in Kingdom Hearts, then they're like, right. is that how magic works? I don't know, but yeah, okay, sure. sure, I don't know. Fuck. Um, but yeah, like there's no date or platform or anything on that thing. No, right God, no, like, that game's not coming out for years. That yet. game doesn't and, exist. Yeah. Like uh-huh. they did a real good job of faking that gameplay stuff, but that was not a real game. It was that, probably... game, that game is more that game is more real than Overwatch Two, but is unlikely to come out yes. anytime soon. Much like I'll, Overwatch. I'll 2. that's the scale. The scale is like next year's Call of Duty and Overwatch Two to how well, real yeah, is this Overwatch, game? On the, on the scale of, yeah, is this a real game? Overwatch 2 isn't a real video game. So it, no. that's that's your top limit. No. And then bottom limit is any video game that's actually had a release date, and then you can <laughs> scale it from there. So Kingdom Hearts 4 is like closer to the left side than the, 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 the Overwatch 2 side. Yeah. Um, staying with Activision Blizzard for a second, uh, they have a bunch of... Uh, politicians have got together in the US to sign a letter to the FTC alerting it to the um, or a, a potential problem with the Microsoft acquisition of Activision um, mm. which is technically still going through um, right now and has not been ratified yet but the $68 million deal is going through and one of the things they're pushing back on potentially is that the fact that if this deal goes through um, Bobby Kotick will be swimming in money Specifically, they're calling him out. Um, yes, very true. Yeah. Letter says, quote, This lack of accountability, despite shareholders, employees, and the public calling for Kotick to be held responsible for the culture he created, would be an unacceptable result of the proposed Microsoft acquisition. Um, and they've not had a response yet, but basically, they. <coughs> excuse me. They basically they're just like, like, please don't give Bobby Kotick more money. That's... But like, they are in a position, right? The FTC does have to approve this, and if they, if this is the thing that latches on, it's like we are not approving this deal unless this man doesn't get paid. That's mm. an interesting precedent to set. That's an, an interesting idea. Yeah, an interesting situation. idea. Um, we will see what happens. Um, speaking of massive scams, uh. Ghost Recon Breakpoint has stopped selling its NFTs three months after they started selling them. Weird. Weird. Um, so this is Ubisoft Quartz? No. Quartz is the... I, I keep getting this wrong. Quartz is the program... What is Ubisoft Division? Let's spin the wheel and no, find no, no. out this is, so Ubisoft, Ubisoft Quartz was the, 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 the name of the, the whole system. And the NFTs... Oh, their NFT digits. system had a name. Okay, yes, sure. it was called Quartz. But every, every individual NFT was called the Digit. Um, so yeah, right, so for, okay. for Ghost Recon Breakpoint, they sold NFT guns that are unique masks and, and gun tags and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah, but stuff that like they were all in-game like stenciled with yeah. a number to make them quote yeah, unquote yeah. unique. Um, and I remember people at the time going like, "So what happens if you stop doing the system to the people who have bought these things? Like, what happens to their investment? Does it just disappear?" Uh, it turns out, yes, uh, it yeah. just goes away. Um, yep. The final digit for this is from the GamesIndustry.biz article. The final digit for Breakpoint was released on March seventeenth, just three months after Ubisoft first announced to be adding NFTs to the game. Uh, News of Ubisoft's entry into selling. Oh, that's, sorry, I thought that was their reaction to them stop selling it. But um, 
yeah, they're just not selling them anymore. So congratulations, you bought one for a game that yeah. was dead on arrival. By the time you start selling these things, uh, you have a thing that you won't be able to use anywhere else. Congratulations. Um, yeah. Good job. <laughs> Fuck. Almost like it's exactly what everybody said was going to happen. Exactly what's yeah, <laughs> yeah. what's happening with other NFTs. Um, but yeah. Um, Breath of the Wild 2 has been pushed back again um, to spring 2023. Yeah. Um, not not shocking. Every time Eiji Inuma comes on to one of those videos and says, we apologize for delaying this game again, he just looks more and more haggard. Like He's just like, we need to keep doing this and we're really sorry yeah. and we're really, really sorry and oh god, we're sorry. Um, we're so sorry. No new footage, nothing. It seemed like that was cut together stuff from previous trailers and the stuff that they showed. Um, yeah, it's weird. Uh, that game... Nintendo doesn't usually reveal games that are not a reasonable amount of that they're reasonably confident in. Like games have been delayed a little bit here and there, but like for a game to be announced in twenty nineteen at E three, I think was when it first got its first trailer. Yeah, somewhere. and then to be delayed twice um, is a weird thing for Nintendo to do. Um, which my guess is probably COVID, but like you know. I probably yeah, uh... and also it's one of those things where every time that game game gets bumped, you're like, "Oh, is this the Switch Pro lineup happening?" Because every time they bump it, they have to then renegotiate and be like, "Okay, are we now targeting Switch Pro for this stuff? If that exists, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, all that kind of stuff." It's it's interesting, but yeah, I yeah, that game that game will come out. I just don't know what it's going to be anymore at this point. Ah, who knows? Yeah. Who knows? No idea. Um, and then the last thing I've got here, if I can just pull up the original article as well, but um, so PlayStation pulled the, the cover back on their Game Pass-esque thing yep. called PlayStation Plus. Oh, well, okay. It is a extension. It's got different names, Plus. doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. So it's an extension of PlayStation Plus, basically, um, where they've basically, they've created some new tiers. So very quickly, PlayStation Plus Essential is the thing you have right now if you have PlayStation Plus. It's your two two downloadable games, your discounts, your cloud storage, your multiplayer access. Zero changes. Mm. Uh, do I have UK prices on this stuff? I do. Uh, oh, no, Could that's do. US. Yes, Europe, UK. So it continues to be 6 a month or 50 quid yearly. Um, nothing there has changed. That is now just called PlayStation Plus Essential. You know, PlayStation Plus Extra which is ten ninety nine a month or eighty three ninety nine a year. Uh, so UK mm. money. Um, which is all of the essential tier. Plus, and I'm going to read from the PlayStation blog article here, a catalogue of up to 400 of the most enjoyable PS4 and PS5 games, including blockbuster hits from our PlayStation Studios catalogue and third-party partners. Games in this extra tier are downloadable for play. So that yep. is your Game Pass. That is your... Here's a library mm-hmm. of games. You can download them. They're not streaming. Here you go. Yeah, just download them and yeah. play them. Yeah. Uh, the 400 titles has an asterisk, which means uh, it's a subscription. You lose access if you stop paying. That's yeah, that of course. Yeah. And, then play- yeah, and then PlayStation Plus Premium, which is the third one, which is everything we've said so far. Plus, and again from the from the PlayStation blog article. Up to three hundred and forty up to, adds up to three hundred and forty additional games, including point one PS3 games available via cloud streaming, a mm. catalogue of beloved classic games available in both streaming and download options from the original PlayStation, PS2, and PSP generations, 
Cloud dice. streaming access for... Oh, okay. This is a really complicated sentence because there's like 17 um, asterisks at various points. Offers cloud streaming access for original PlayStation, PS2, PSP, and PS4 games offered in extra and premium tiers in markets where PlayStation Now is currently available. Customers can stream games using PS4 and PS5 consoles and PC. So that is the... You can stream PS5 games using PlayStation Now to your PC as well as consoles rather than just having to Mm download them. So that's that. Also... Time-limited game trials will also be offered in this tier so customers can try select games before they buy. I assume that's the PlayStation Now feature they had for a while, which is like, hey, you get an hour of this game for free, and then it just stops streaming. But like that was one of the things that streaming had a legitimate use for, was like, before you even download it, like, how about you play a half hour of this game, like the real game, to see if you like it, and then you can, because you can control that if it's streaming. Um, so, yeah, so that's the, those are the three tiers. A lot of this for me boils down to what those games are. Like that's yeah, I was going to say what this boils down. What this boils down to is: Can you play SSX three on your? Can PC? I play SSX three or one or tricky or three? If I can play any of those I, games, uh, I can skip. I could skip one tricky or three. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I'll, sorry, not one, I'd, but I'd tricky or three. Three for sure. I will play Deadly Descent. Or th- that game's not actually called Deadly Sense. It was just called. No, it's just called SSX. Yeah. Um, I yeah, give me those games. I can only imagine. I'll play fucking SSX three on my PC. Yeah. That sounds great. Like, yeah, yeah, totally. Um, I and so yeah, so a couple of extra things that came out at the end of this. There was uh some stuff from your boy Jim Ryan, who cannot give a straight answer oh, on basically anything ever. Um, was basically saying the most media trained man in existence that, he will yeah. give contradictory answers to two people asking him the same question Yeah. Um, he was originally asked very quickly what does this mean about first party games like are you going to do the Game Pass thing where day and day like PlayStation Studios games come out on Plus Premium um, and basically said are you kidding that'll cost us a bunch of money <laughs> which I thought was really good which I thought was like okay like at least you said you're it. You're not wrong, Jim. At least like, you you're said not it. wrong, Jim. Um, but it it does it does kind of set some expectations for the service where they're seeing this as a value add as opposed to what Microsoft are doing, which is like this is where they're making their money. Like Game Pass is where yeah, yeah, yeah. Microsoft are planning to make their money. This is an added bonus for you being a PlayStation subscriber. So fair enough. Um, so yeah, it, this is from the Kotaku article. In an interview with Game Industry at Biz, Jim Ryan, head of Sony Interactive Entertainment, confirmed the new PS, PS Plus will not regularly be getting first-party Sony games on launch day. Um, so yeah, well, not regularly is a weird word because that means it might, and that's do it. Do I have a? Do, can I find the actual quotes? Um, yeah, because not regularly means. There's potential that some of them could, okay. which I don't think is what Jim is trying to say. Headline, <laughs> headline from Game Industry was PlayStation's Jim Ryan. Our games could suffer if they went straight into PS Plus. Um, quote. Right. Uh, I get that, God, Jim. This is but... a. This is a. I was going to read this sentence, and you tell me what it means. Yeah. Uh, this is quoting Jim Ryan when asked, um, basically, like, "Yo, are you doing the Game Pass thing?" We feel like we are not. Good virtuous cycle with the studios, explains PlayStation's Jim Ryan, where the investment delivers success, which enables yet more investment, which delivers yet more success. We like that cycle, and we think gamers like that cycle. Okay, so he's basically like, right, okay, yeah. 
That didn't say much. Studios do well and we give them more money. Yep. Yeah. Get that, Jim. Or, the, or, yeah. or those studios need, if those studios make money, they get more money to make more money. Like, yeah, to make sure. better games and then yeah. make more money. Yeah, yeah. In terms of putting our own games into the service or any of our serv In terms of putting our own games into the service or any of our services upon their release, as well you know, this is not a road we've gone down in the past and it's not a road we're and it's not a road we're going to go down with this new service. We feel as if we were to do that with the games we make at PlayStation Studios, that virtuous cycle will be broken. The level of investment we need to make in our studios would not be possible, and we think the knock-on effect on the quality of the games that we make would not be something that gamers would want. Okay, that sounds so, like a no. That just that's sounds a no. like no. That is a straight-up yeah. no. Which is, which, if you think about what PlayStation's first-party output is, it does make sense, right? Where, like, could you oh, yeah, get... Yeah. Sony, Sony, Sony PlayStation stuff deals in, like, Big, big, big budget yes. AAA. Like the games that's, that they that's put what out they are, Yes, yeah. the games that they put out now are, I was going to say 60 quid. 70 quids. Nope, like, yeah, 70. Uh, big, tri- like your Horizons, your Last of Us is... is your, your Gods of Wars. Gods of your, Wars, yeah. that kind of level of stuff. Especially, when, and then when you look at um, like Microsoft's first party output, which does go on Game Pass, it's Halo Infinity, which... I don't think at this point it's controversial to say did not have the same, or I do not feel like had the sh- same level of budget as a traditional first party Halo game. It was a very different type of game. You have your Forzas, which are expensive, I'm sure, but like make it all up in the back end with monetization and, yeah. and all that kind of stuff. Um, and all everything else is like their studios that they own anyway. So, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Microsoft first party stuff is not at the same level. Just in terms of investment, as what Sony put into their stuff. Sure, yeah. So I can see that argument. However, if you are just doing a straight point for point business argument thing, it is. It feels like they need like a fourth tier for like, wow, okay, to yeah. here have your have your stuff. Um, if you pay us a hundred and fifty pounds a year, mm. we will give you first party games. We put out want. we put out one of those games a year. So if you give us sixty quid. <laughs> Yeah, we will give you a triple A game you get, yeah. every so year. So what's, what's what is what is the highest tier? It's a hundred, right? Uh, a year it is. Oh, I've lost the thing. Ninety nine, ninety nine a year. I think that's I sure. think that's right. Yeah. Um. Um. So yeah, if it's a hundred pound a year, then hundred pound a year. Yeah. Yeah. Give us a hundred and seventy quid a year. Yeah. And we will give you. <laughs> we'll give we'll you give PlayStation first party premium. game on launch. Yeah. Yeah. PlayStation Premium PlayStation plus premium. a triple A game. <laughs> yeah. What's the what's um, the highest tier called? What's the name? Premium PlayStation Plus Premium. Okay, so pl- PlayStation Plus Premium Plus, and the plus is whatever AAA game we decide <laughs> yes, to exactly. Yeah. Um. So it it does make sense, and it is gonna it is gonna boil down to what's available, right? And I imagine. So the thing about the advantage that Microsoft have had is that they've just bought a bunch of studios, so they don't have to. Yeah, do of course. With, yeah, yeah. They don't. Ha- I, I assume they don't have to deal with the same kind of licensing nightmares that a bunch of these games can get. In. But if you were to talk about a game, for instance, that had a large officially licensed soundtrack, that might be difficult to get on a service <laughs> like this. Um, what game are you thinking of here? I, you, I, you I, very... Tony Hawk. I don't know. Um, oh, okay, you... sure. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You mean Project <laughs> Wasteland or whatever Sorry, that was yeah, called? Whatever the fuck that game was. Um, American yeah, Eight. I wonder what that conversation looks like right oh god what, ha- what if they put the th- what if they put the thug games on it oh shit that'd be really good but that's the shit. thing right like what okay. I, I don't know what the state of ea 
origin access what's the name of their service play play right play EA play. Uh, it... no, EA plays their 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 press conferences. Origin play but isn't that what it's also isn't that what it's also called? Oh, hang on, I'll check. Origin it's access. On Steam. I'll check. Yeah. Anyway, whatever the fuck that thing is. Um, yeah, it's EA play. Yeah, it's yeah, EA, yeah, play. It's EA play. So their yeah. system, like they're not interested in this is X games. I'm at. I I think we're at the position now. This is not about that. This is just me talking about SSX now. Um, I imagine that those games are more important to Sony than they are to EA at this point. Because like probably yeah, because like Tricky and Three were big games for a lot of people on mm. PlayStation, right? So like it's it weird that we're sense. coming around to talking about SSX games. Weird, again. yeah. Um, yeah. But like that kind of that, there are there are a bunch of games that are like PS2 era games that are very important to a bunch of people who are maybe not important to their publishers, or original publishers sure. anymore. Yeah, and it makes sense so for Sony in that case to go after those type of games, right? But if you talk about 340 games ps3 games available via cloud streaming mm. 340 games is not a lot of games um it, no consi- of, consider- considering that a lot of them are probably going to be chaff then yeah yeah, yeah. Well, well i mean specifically that's ps3 right like is the ps3 ssx going to be one of those 340 games maybe not <laughs> but is uh <laughs> maybe fucking, i don't know <laughs> god what else would like like uh, uh, yeah and like all the old COD games. All the, yeah, like, like who do they go to, right? Do you go to EA and go, here's the three Mass Effect games, the original ones? Probably not, because yeah. they've got the Legendary Edition. No, because like, they've got a Legendary Edition. Yeah, yeah, like, do they get the Dragon Age games on there? Do they get... Do, obviously, they're not going to get any of the Skyrim, uh, any of the Bethesda games, right? Because yeah. they're not going to get those Sony licenses owns anymore. Them. Yeah. Yeah. All right, Microsoft owns them, but yeah. So it does cut into a lot of the stuff that you would get for that kind of service, right? Like, the games you would want in that kind of service... A lot of them Microsoft now owns, so you, yeah. you know, you're not you're you're not going to be able to get that. But it, it, I wonder what your 340 games looks like. Um, I, so yeah, I need I need to see a list before I put my money yeah. on it because like yeah, totally. I, I I'm fascinated to see what they think the best 340 totally. PS3 games are. I'm also fascinated to see what the what was the number for like the PS2 and PSP ones. They don't say. Okay. It sure. says offers cloud streaming access for original PlayStation 2, PSP, and PS4 games. There's no number on that one. Okay. Sure. Um, because like there's some there's some PSP games I wouldn't mind playing again. Totally. There's some I, PS2 God, games I wouldn't mind playing again. But I want to play Metal Gear Acid Two really badly, and I have not gone down the rabbit hole of Acid figuring out how to do that. Specifically, Acid Two. Oh, Acid Two is so much better than One. Holy shit. Okay, sure. Um, but yeah, you like really that, like, like the fucking Elizabethan ruffle styling? Is that the? Oh, I forgot that. No, it was more the comic book styling of it. That game yeah. had a... Do you remember that game had a, a fucking 3D glasses you strapped to your PSP? Uh-huh. That? And Ooh. they didn't work? Yeah, it was great. It barely worked, yeah. Um, but, like, that kind of stuff. There's definitely some stuff that I have fondness for from the PSP game, PSP side specifically. Sure. I'd like to see. Yeah. Um, and, then, and then when you get to, like, PS2 games, like, is it just the classics? Like, the actual classics that Sony have control over? Like, is it just, like... Um, oh, the last... God of War games and yeah, like last not yeah. Last Guardian. What's the Shadow of Colossus and well, even then, right? Like, what do you Eco and... do you put Shadow of the Colossus out, right? Because you've got that Blue Point remaster. Do you even put uh, PS2 yeah, version? Yeah. Do you want to remind people yeah, that, that game looked like ass when it first came out, right? Like it's um, it's an interesting thing. Like I, I wonder what those games are going to be, considering where Microsoft is and what Sony what the way that sony treats their history especially like and i hate to bring this up again but especially when you've got jim ryan at the head 
who's on record as saying nobody gives a shit about old games and paraphrasing but like what does jim ryan think is the is the is the um priority for the service right like i don't know like is it all like there's 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 some interesting novelties in there like hey here's every gran turismo game right like that's cool Right, that's a cool thing where you can sure, yeah, like that yeah. kind of stuff. That makes a lot of sense. But three hundred and forty games. If that if that system can let me play all of the Metal Gear Solid games, yeah. So th- that's that another would be one. good. So that, like all the Metal Gear stuff, right? Metal Gear Solid, super important to Sony's history. I think one of yes, the most important, important games. Like yeah. they they love those things. And if you believe the rumors, they may have just gone back and bought Kojima Productions. But that's yeah, a rumor again. Right yeah. Um, heavy heavy rumor but yes of course super super important to sony's history konami functionally no longer exists as, as, a, a, as a game developer yeah. as a game developer but I, I i assume will gladly license those things out for a hefty fee like what does sure, that conversation yeah. look like right sony is within sony's interest for this kind of service yeah. for you to offer those games but do you offer the ps1 one at all do you offer... Did Sony ever get a remaster of one? Like the Twin Snakes? Did that ever come out on anything that's not GameCube or GameCube? PC? No, it didn't. No. I don't, I don't even think it came out on PC. I'm pretty sure Twin there's Snakes a P- There's a PC GameCube. version of Twin Snakes. I'm reasonably okay. sure. Um, sure. So all you've got is the PS1 version, right? And I... Will I play PS1 um, Metal Gear again? Absolutely, I will. You're going to have to fucking... Yeah, you're going to have to if you want yeah. to. Um, I haven't played... Metal Gear Solid 2, one of my favourite games of all time, I have not played in fucking years because it's a nightmare to try yeah. and actually get that game running, right? Like, that kind of stuff. Yeah. Like, there's going to be a real problem between what Sony would want and what the games they're going to get are. And if you're going to fill up this to the point where people are going to pay $100 a month, £100 a year, um, that's a lot. Um, yeah. And we'll see. And also, like, what the PS5 ps4 and ps5 games are as well like the ps5 games is interesting where like 400 ps4 and ps5 games like does that include like are any of those going to be launch day because there, there's definitely been ps plus games like um fucking what was that one that came out um uh knock it say came out day one on oh wait that's free to play right uh, no, you have to buy that game. You have to buy that game. But that game, that was that was a PS Plus game when it came out, right? Like yeah, there are yeah. definitely, and like you look at success stories like um, car football, fucking Rocket League. Like that was Rocket a League, yeah. that was a car football. Um, that was a PlayStation Plus success story, right? That game came out of fucking nowhere and took over because it was free, like mm-hmm, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff. Like it's the amount of back back room deals that must be happening to this, like. The fact that they don't have a list ready to go suggests that that list is not going to appear until this thing goes live, which is theoretically June, I think. Um, Maybe I don't know. Okay, so the the one the names we do have right now, um, again, this is from the PlayStation blog article. Uh, the extra and premium tiers represent a major evolution for PlayStation Plus, but these tiers are key focuses to ensure the 100... Blah, 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 blah. At launch, we plan to include titles such as Death Stranding, God of War, Marvel Spider-Man, Spider-Man Miles Morales, Mortal Kombat 11, and Returnal. <laughs> I feel really bad about paying 70 quid for Returnal now, but anyway. I, um, sure, yeah. We're working closely with our imaginative developers from PlayStation Studios and third-party partners to include some of the best gaming experiences at the library, which will be regularly refreshed. More details, blah, blah, blah. Um... 
PlayStation Now goes away and becomes part of the PlayStation Plus stuff. Um, we aim to have the most uh, initial launch in several markets in Asia, followed by North America, Europe, and the rest of the world, where PlayStation Plus is offered. But we aim to have most network PlayStation Network territories live with our new subscription service by the end of the first half of 2022, which will be July-ish. Um, and then the cloud streaming gets rolled out even more from that. Um, so yeah, so look at kind of July-ish will be when it all hits. Um, and then there's the whole PC streaming stuff, which is also kind of cool, which is a thing that um, that'll be interesting to see, like watching people play like well, I mean, Death Stranding is on, like, the God of Wars on a... Oh, that's on PC as well now. Fuck. Yeah. Like a Last of Us, maybe, on, like, a tablet in an airport somewhere, right? I think that was yeah, everything, that's, like... that's what you want to play on your tablet in an airport, is the fucking Last of Us. Yeah, stuff. right. Yeah. Um, but, like, PlayStation Now worked. I think that was the big... That, that was the thing to keep in mind as well, like... Yeah. yeah. Like, I played a bunch of that technology when it first came out on PS4, and, like... I forgot I was playing a streaming game for large chunks of it, right? It, that technology is sound. Um, and having a library next to it or behind it makes a lot of sense. So, yeah, we'll see. Um, super interested to see how that pans out. They need to do something. Game Pass is a hell of a deal. Um, so, we'll see. I want to uh, see I want to see a list. I want to see what yeah, those games I are. I want to see a list. Um, if it doesn't have SSX on it, I will riot. Um... So I think that's you're gonna buy it anyway, just because SSX doesn't exist anymore. You're in a constant state of almost writing. Like, yeah, yeah, it's like a low level hiss, just constantly. <sighs> um, as the sound of fucking yellow card gets slowly increased in the background, <laughs> the that's the you've just accurately described my brain most of the time. Anyway, I know, like, yeah, I know, yeah. Um, cool. So what's coming out soon? Uh, fucking nothing. Is... It's a dry spell. Yep, basically. So. For me, um, Chinatown Detective Agency came out um, last week, which I need to... That was one of those ones where I I was... I knew that game came out, and I was seconds away from going on Steam to buy it. And then I was like, wait, I kickstarted that game. I should be getting a code anytime soon. I almost bought it twice. Um, yeah. yeah, so we're playing that like, on our traditional point-and-click very um, with... Um, Echoes of where in the world is Carmen San Diego, which means you have to Google some stuff to actually figure out the puzzles, which will be interesting. Um, 13 Sentinels came out in Switch. I'm tempted. I yeah, me too. feel like yeah, I need too. to see what that is. Um, me too. So actually, there is some stuff coming out, possibly not by the time we record next. We'll see. But um, Stanley Parable Ultra Deluxe got a release date, finally, um, which I will... That game's been in development for approximately 7,000 years, so I need to see what they've done to that game. So I love Star yeah, Parable to yeah. death, and I need to see what they've done with it. Um, and then the other one that got a date, which was super cool, was... Not on this list. Fuck. <laughs> oh, um, Sets and Sleeper got a date, which is the 5th of May, um, which is another game I'm super excited about. And the final version of... Or the 1.0 version of Hardspace Shipbreaker is the 24th of May. Um, oh, cool. and, and I'm interested to see what the final version of that looks like because they've been slowly adding story stuff into it I think they've got mm. like two acts or something in there so I don't know if there's like that'd be cool so yeah uh, I want to see what the final version of that game looks like the game's super cool um, I need to see but that's kind of everything that's on this list yeah there's um, not a lot I will be continuing to play Ghostfire and 
just seeing the end of that i think will be kind of where i where i end up on that is kind of how i feel um is there anything on your end uh not really, not really. um no what, what's, what's your next so. project after dragon age play Mass Effect uh, again? no i did that <laughs> like fairly recently yeah. it might be elden ring I yeah have i think to just try i think, elden ring yeah i think most of this is me just putting off me actually starting elden ring i i will say i i watching um there'll be a new destiny season soon i'll play yeah, that for true. a few weeks but. but also watching um jenna stobart's um video from polygon about her experience with elden ring has kind of sold me again on that game about if you treat that game like a comedy vehicle it's much yeah, easier yeah. to get through um sure. really, really really good video of that um and i don't know i just i keep seeing screenshots of that game going what the fuck is actually happening here uh, yeah, and yeah, I feel yeah. like I just need, even if it's just academically, I, f- I feel like I'm, I'm gonna get there um, at some point. Um, but yeah, that's us. Uh, Gamingstar.com is the name of the website. Where you can find all the videos, articles, and podcasts are up there. Um, we are on YouTube.com/slash/GamingStart. Uh, subscribe there, get notified when we put new videos up. We are on Facebook and Twitter. Search Gamingstart. You find us there. Podcast at Gamingstart.com is the email address if you want to get in touch. And that's us. Stay safe. Enjoy whatever you're playing, and we will see you in two weeks. Goodbye. Bye.